You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. You're listening to episode 18, and today I'm going to talk to you about why you need a financial plan, and I'll even walk you through parts of my own. If this is your first ever episode, or even if you've been here from the start, thank you very much for spending your valuable time listening to my podcast. This episode is one of those ones that I think are pretty important. The type of podcast that I listened to over and over again when I was in debt and trying to get my finances in order. I feel like there should only be extreme solutions when you're in an extreme situation. For example, being in debt requires you to be rather extreme about cutting costs and going without some wants and pretty much working your ass off. But after that, I believe that your finances should be all about balance. Hence the channel's oxymoron-like name, The Frugal Spender. This meaning that you should be intentional with your money, making sure you spend and enjoy your money, as well as cut back on unnecessary outgoings to maximise your money so that you can invest for the future. Please remember guys, nothing in this video is financial advice. It's information that I've gathered and I've used myself, information that i found to be very useful and I think can help you too. Even though the information that I give I think applies to the majority of people, I understand that sometimes situations differ. And if you need advice for your specific situation, I would advise that you go and speak to a financial advisor. Okay, so I had heard about financial plans before I got into personal finance, but I'd assumed it involved real complexity with multi-millionaires sitting down with an accountant and financial planner, and I certainly didn't think that I ever needed one myself to sort any planning with my own money. Well, mainly because I just didn't think I had enough of it. But looking back, I feel rather silly for thinking that way because the very reason I needed a plan was because I had limited resources. I had less to actually work with, meaning that I needed to use it more wisely. I needed to actually put on paper what I was going to do with it. And had I not actually put pen to paper about my possible financial future, I would just drift into later life in a potentially dire financial situation. It's important to note that financial planning for the majority of people listening to this does not need to be complicated. It can actually be done on a one-page document. And I first heard about this concept from Pete Matthew at Meaningful Money, which he accredited to Carl Richards, who I took a look at when researching this episode, and I was taken aback just a little bit by the cost of the one-page financial plan document slash spreadsheet that he sells. For something that is sold as vastly simple, they charge just under $900 for that. Trust me, you can do this for free on Word, Google Documents, or Excel, or just a pen and paper. Anyway, when I heard about this concept, I immediately sat down to do it with Georgie. It took us no longer than 20 minutes to find common goals about what it is we wanted to retire with and how we wanted retirement to look and our financial future. We kind of laid it out and it takes a little bit less effort than you think. Then we came up with some rough numbers that felt right and I used a compound interest calculator to work backwards. Don't worry, we'll get into that shortly. Essentially, the one-page financial plan is a document that lays out your intentions, your values, the situation that you want to have in the future financially, and almost acts as a reminder, something that you can look at in times where you're getting a bit worried or, or just on a regular basis to review where you're at and make sure your financial goals still correlate with what you really want them to be. This document will be personal to you, 
but I'll break down what I think should be on it, a mixture of what Carl Rich's financial plan has on it, bits of what Pete Matthew talks about and his ideas, and then what I think personally should be there too. Add in your own sections or remove whatever feels right to you though. This is a document for you. You do though need to literally put the following points as headers and complete the document with your own words. I would recommend though the points that I'm about to give, write them as headers and obviously add in your own or remove some, do whatever you want. It's a personal document, but make sure you have headers and use that as a guide for what you're going to put underneath. Firstly, you're going to want to put on paper or on screen what your motivation and values are. I like this to be at the top because I think this is potentially the most important thing. As for motivation, you need to ask yourself, why do I want to build a large sum of money when I am older? Is it to be able to be free of the corporate world and travel for six months of the year? Is it so that you can go part-time and play golf three days a week? Or is it so that you can just give more money to the causes that you believe in? Everybody is different, so make yours personal. What I would say on the motivation aspect is it needs to be clear enough to you big enough in your mind that it keeps the fire burning underneath you. It's very easy to be motivated in the beginning and certainly for me when I was in debt, motivation kind of came quite easy because I was in a bit of a shit situation. So I had that fire underneath me at all times. But once I became debt free, and I know I've spoken about this before, but motivation does seem to drop because you just get a bit more comfortable. That's just what happens as human beings. So by having something written down to remind you of what your motivations were, it will spark up that fire again. So for context, I'll share with you word for word what I put in this section of our plan, and I wrote this two years ago. I wrote, to be financially stable and not have to ever worry about money again. When Isla leaves home, we can live our life to the full and have the option to travel and increase lifestyle quality overall. For Brian, it means you will change the course of your family's outlook on money, allowing Isla to be financially savvy in her life and the ability to give to people and causes that are close to our hearts. Now, this for you may sound rather generic, but when I read it, that gives me fuel. You may also want to make note of your values. Values being the things that steer you in life, but also it's going to be financially too. Keep these to as few words as possible. But for an example, you could use things like family first or taking ownership of my money. Whatever you do though, just make sure that you think as deeply as you can about what those values are. It needs to be honest. Okay, next, you're going to want to list what your main financial goals are. What is the sum of money that you want to build up? Is it to build a pot that reaches 1 million by the time you're 55 like me? Or is it to have a big enough pot of money so that you can use it as a salary from dividends or interest from the capital that you've built up? Again, this will be personal to you. But by the very nature of putting these things into words, you're forcing yourself to think about it and perhaps give you some insights into what you actually really do want. For Georgie and I, we have taken into account the staggered access to these accounts available to use and plan to use them as effectively as possible so that when we can retire or semi-retire as soon as possible. We want to travel when our daughter's older because we had her quite young, so we really want to make use of the time that we have when we're still relatively young to go and travel and see more of the world. And when I say staggered access, I mean the different times at which you're going to be able to withdraw money from the different sort of accounts that you have. For example, in our case, we're going to be able to access our stocks and shares ISA at any time. Our SIPs or self-invested personal pensions at age 57, subject to change, my police pension at age 60, and currently our state pension age is 68, which is also subject to change. So you can see what I mean by the staggered effect. 
if you combine this with any dividend incomes or any part-time jobs that you might have or any income from rental properties, you can see how it's a bit of a jigsaw to figure out how much money you will have at a given particular age. And by spending some time figuring this out, you'll be able to build a much clearer picture of how your financial future will or could look. For me, this is where I worked backwards to decide where I wanted to put my money. For example, because I can access the money within my stocks and shares ISA at any point, this is likely where I still want to withdraw money first. And as a result, I'm putting the majority of my invested money into this account, allowing compound interest to work sooner, but still putting a small portion of money into my SIP. And the closer I get to my SIP, the more I'm going to load my money into that. As for my police pension, the value of that will never change because I've left the force. That's set in stone. And my state pension, I just can't control what that's going to be. So I'm just going to factor that in, but I have no ability to make that any bigger. Then at some point, I would like to own a rental property where I hope to get a monthly income that's going to allow me to withdraw less from my stocks and shares ISA and SIP in the future, allowing it more time to grow into a bigger pot. I'm guessing you can see why people's entire professions are to help people plan for things like this. For many like me, though, it can be relatively simple, but the larger the sums of money or different trusts or any other complex accounts, the more confusing it can get. And to be as effective as possible, you're going to want to seek some help from a certified financial planner and definitely the closer you get to retirement. And as far as my main goal or the staggered approach that I'm taking, this is just my current financial plan because I know full well the plan will evolve and is likely to change or adapt and potentially improve as I progress through my life and my priorities may shift or change too. That being said, we need a plan to keep us on track. You know, something to aim towards to be certain that we're going in the right direction. You may also consider putting a heading for possible threats. This is the realist or potentially pessimist approach, but it's important to remind yourself of things that may potentially derail your plans and completely throw you off course. There's no point in putting things like asteroid hitting Earth, but consider things that are unlikely but may actually happen in reality. Things like an unexpected pregnancy or a life-changing illness. These are things that are definitely worth factoring in because although they may not happen, if they were to, they're definitely going to change the plan of your main goal. And finally, to keep it nice and brief and simple, you're going to want to have yourself a review date at the bottom of the page. I set my date to one year after I wrote it and stuck it in my diary for Georgie and I to double check we are still on course by sitting down over a tea or coffee and just taking a look at what we wrote the year before. The reason this is important is because once you write your plan, you need to make sure all your short-term goals are still aligned with your financial plan. For us, wanting to accrue £1 million by age 55 between us in our stocks and shares ISA and SIPs, means that we could punch our numbers into a compound interest calculator and work out if we, on average, put away £500 a month, for example, is this likely to happen? We will use that as a bare minimum, and obviously we're going to try and exceed that, but if our situation changes, when we sit down for our review of the one-page financial plan, we can adjust accordingly. By having the main goal written down and then breaking that down into smaller, more tangible and achievable goals, you're much more likely to have the financial future you actually want rather than the one that just happens to you as you just drift through life. More and more people are finding it realistic to retire early in life. The FIRE or Financial Independence Retire Early community have really taken this to the next level by being extremely frugal and trying to increase their income as much as humanly possible to build up a nest egg big enough that they could retire, sometimes even at age 30. Sure, this is a pretty extreme example, but you could do your own version of this. That's pretty much what we're doing. One that means that we can actually enjoy life now by the things that we want, as well as the things we need, and then 
knowing full well in the future that we're going to be secure financially and we're going to be comfortable and be able to travel and do the things that we really want to do. Guys, I hope this was useful for you because I know doing this previously was for me. I would recommend just setting aside 30 minutes for yourself or if you've got a partner, both of you to sit down and really think and talk about this. You could just Google one page financial plan to try and find yourself some sort of template. But the headings I've given you are more than enough. You don't need a lot. You want to keep it simple and you want to try and distill it and summarize it down into one page. Something that you can just look at whenever you feel like the need arises to do so. But remember, the process of actually thinking about this and writing it down really solidifies what the plan is that you have in your mind. That's the important part. But just make sure that you review it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out to me on social media or send me an email at brian at frugalspender.co.uk. If you want to help support the podcast, please consider leaving it a review. It really helps spread the word. Until next week, peace. <laughs>